you have this incredibly privileged life and you shouldn't feel overwhelmed with all of these things that have to happen and you shouldn't have anxiety over this and you shouldn't feel stressed about all this because society says that because you and I are of the quote unquote privileged part of this world, we don't have real problems. What is financial sobriety? Well, first, I'm Jim Gebhardt. Oh, I'm Matthew Grishman. That's good. We should introduce ourselves. And this podcast is all going to be about three relationships that really, when you stop and you think about them, you don't think they go together. But it's your relationship you have with money. It's a relationship you have with people who mean the most to you. And ultimately, the relationship you have with yourself. So I might imagine that those three relationships are somewhat wrapped together. That when one gets a little out of whack, perhaps it has an effect on the others. Stick around and you'll find out. You know what's coming up in eight or nine days? Memorial Day. You know what's coming up right around Memorial Day? Graduation. Yeah, graduation's coming up. And I got to say, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed because I'm not sure. We're not sure yet if our youngest is going to be walking across the stage and graduating. That's kind of hard to say here, but it's something that's been on our plate for a little while and causing a whole bunch of overwhelm in our family. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. You were, you were sharing similar. You're not dealing with the same exact challenges, but you're definitely sharing with me the sense of overwhelm. Well, the, yeah. I mean, it, it's the overwhelm I think you and I knew was coming as a result of the COVID crater, right? That very large expanse of time where there was nothing. Nothing. Boy, did we have time with nothing. Nothing. And we've also talked on the show about how we embraced that. And we found the beauty and the joy of that. Well, that's over. (laughs) (laughs) It has come, I mean, it has come back with a vengeance in terms of scheduling and activity and commitment and expectation and all that comes with that, either from a family perspective or from a work perspective. Sure. You were sharing with me how, just in your world, how it seems like, Grace's entire senior year is getting compacted into like six weeks, weeks, yeah, right, where every sports season is happening and every graduation requirement and celebration and, 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 and. And, 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 and our middle school boys have activity that they haven't had in a year. Oh, I forgot. You also have other children. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And while the world may have forgotten about them because there was nothing for them to do, all of that is coming back out of the woodwork. It has Beth and I pulling our hair out. Beth has her own overwhelm as she's coming back into the work world. She's been working at home for 20 years. She's now coming back into the work world, helping our clients with Medicare solutions. And that's overlapping with all of this. I'm trying to get back east to go see my parents for the first time in 20 months. Whoa. Let's just pause there, shall we, for a station identification. A 20 months. I'm a 51-year-old man. That is the longest I have ever gone. In your whole life? In my entire life, not seeing my parents. <laughs> You've got a good list going on here. Uh, I mean, from an overwhelm standpoint. and Oh, and we've got a business we're running and a podcast we're doing and financial sobriety that we're trying to launch to the world. And yeah, well, all, all of that. You, you said something to me yesterday. You and I were doing a little Zoom call. I was sitting in my backyard trying to breathe a little bit. You were in the office and you were telling me about all these things, 
And then you made a comment. You said, oh, my gosh, this, you know, you put your hand on your head, you know, the, the palm on the forehead, like, oh, the I'm victim. So, yeah, the victim. Sure. But it, that you have this incredibly privileged life and you shouldn't feel overwhelmed with all of these things that have to happen. And you shouldn't have anxiety over this and you shouldn't feel stressed about all this because society says that because you and I are of the quote unquote privileged part of this world, we don't have real problems. As you said that to me, I kind of got a little pissed off because I look at the challenges that you're facing as a family, and forgive me for being a little codependent. When you're stressed out, I feel a certain oh, amount I, of stress. You're I my brother. Right. You're my brother, right. and, I, and I feel that. And then you take some of the things and the challenges I'm dealing with in my family, with my son, with you know, 3,000 miles between Absolutely. my parents and myself, and I, I was getting really pissed off at the fact that I'm not allowed to feel overwhelmed because I have so much goodness in my life, but yet why the hell do I feel so overwhelmed? Why the hell do you feel so overwhelmed, yet we're not allowed to feel overwhelmed? Are you picking up what I'm putting I, down? I, I am, and I know part of it is the comfort of the cave. What do you mean? It was very comfortable in the cave of COVID. For us, it was. I had nothing to do right. other than go to work. And we were very fortunate to not have the kind of financial stress that we so didn't. many. And I was able, God bless, we were able to throw ourselves at our work because people needed us more than ever. So we got to figuratively run into the burning building because people needed us. And that's been the salve for me in all of this is being able to be really engaged with work because personally, it was all shut down. Yeah. So the cave that I'm talking about is the quiet. It was wonderfully quiet. And there were zero expectations. You didn't have to be anywhere. You didn't have to really do anything. You weren't, let's really put it out there, we weren't permitted to do anything. Sure. That's all done. The grand reopening of America, as we've said on our last show, in California terms, is June 15th. Right. So the floodgates are open. And as we said it, and I'm victim to it myself, is I am way overloaded with commitment. Hmm. And I'm doing my damnedest to use my no muscle that we've talked many times about to put up barriers and boundaries on no, thank you. I'm, I'm not able to do that. Or now some of this with a graduating high schooler or graduating college student or a graduating eighth grader we got two out of three, is you have to, I mean, you want to. They've been given an absolute shit sandwich for a year yeah. of their academic life. They don't get to repeat that. You and I talk all the time about the fact you don't get to repeat yeah. life. You don't right. get to repeat a decade. You don't get to repeat middle school, high school, college, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, all the way up. Well, that's part of the essence of financial sobriety is realizing what those experiences are that come once in a lifetime. And making sure you are prepared for, for those experiences to get the fullness of those experiences. And you've got all this stuff coming at you, and I'm wondering how much distraction is taking you away from some of these core experiences you want to have with Grace and with Jack. And we are doing our darndest to be super present. We've talked on the show many times about the power of meditating and our friend Tamara Levitt from the Calm. Yeah, the Calm app. Also known as the Calm app. Yeah. Beth and I have made it mandatory that we are listening to the Calm app on a daily basis and meditating. 
So there's a little bit of pain of discipline coming in there. Have, have to. Because at the pace at which this is all coming now, we've got to slow the roll and get super present. What does that do for you? I mean, and, and I, I'm having a little fun with a, with a semi-interview here. I know you got to do two episodes of Being the Guest, Bob, right? I think we called you Bob. Yes, Bob. Um, I, I'm going to continue that. And obviously, I, I know some of these answers, but I just love to flush them out because your experience is so relevant. Both of our experiences with feeling overwhelmed right yeah, now I'm, I'm is guessing, relevant. I'm guessing you and I aren't the only two that are feeling a sense of that relative to how things are reopening and reemerging. And that pent-up feeling that I think so many people have had to go do, do, be, have, right? Maybe not the be, but, you know, do and have. Well, we had a lot of be for a long go time. Go on a vacation, you know, do this, have a new gizmoch, as you would say. <laughs> and that part's all natural. But in the context of financial sobriety, where we, we so often are talking with clients about, you know, really stripping it down and getting to the essence of what's important to you. And we've talked a lot about the Clarity Compass, and Beth was just on the show talking about our respective Clarity Compasses. We're, that's, that's what we're anchoring off of. That's the anchor for us in the sea of chaos. Mm-hmm. Because I do not have an expectation that the chaos is going to diminish. I think the chaos is back and here to stay at a level that most of us got pretty comfortable in the cave of COVID doing something else. Well, and isn't that just amazing how if we were to rewind the tape a year ago when you and I were sitting here in studio recording last spring, we were asking questions of people like, what is the first thing you're going to do? Yeah, I did it already. When this thing's over. Yeah, uh, done. Right, right. First, second, third, I did third, seven fourth, of them. Right. Yeah. You, you've done them all. I mean, it, we, we were so wishing to return to normal. And I, I don't know about you, but... I'm now, we, we're, we're kind of back to semi-normal again, and I almost miss a little bit of that space of not feeling overwhelmed. Granted, I didn't like being told I had to stay home and I couldn't go places and do things, but now that I'm starting to feel this incredible sense of overwhelm with all the stuff coming at me and deadlines and demands and people wanting to do and be in places, holy cow. Be careful what you wish for. I'll tell you the— For me. For me. Well, and I would throw myself in that category because I have always been a doer. I've always been a social butterfly. Beth has been a little bit dragged along over our relationship together in terms of of that because of me. So she's more of a beer. You're more of a doer. And we both crave home. We both crave being at home. Yeah. I've had invitations to go to, to professional baseball games. I've had an invitation recently to go see the Warriors in it's no longer a new stadium. It happened to open just, you know, shortly before COVID. I still think of it as a new stadium. I've not been there. I would like to go there. Meh. Right. Yeah, I get it. There's some cool new restaurants that are, you know, reopened and are available now. And we live in an amazing foodie, foodie place. Meh. Amy asked me where I wanted to go out to dinner for my birthday this weekend. You said your your backyard. Yeah. How about we cook some pizzas at home right. and hang out on the deck? Now, we're going to go out to dinner, but I'm not as fired up about it. Why are you going out to dinner if you want to make pizzas at home on your deck? I don't know. That's a good question. I'll, I'll challenge you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a good question. Because I'll tell you, you're not going to have a good time when you pay the bill. Oh, what's going on? It's called inflation. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about 
you just took the family out to dinner and had a little experience like that. So I'm going to actually rewind the tape a week before. And it was actually probably a couple weeks before when they announced the federal wage increase, uh, the, excuse me, the increase in the minimum wage for a federal contract worker. Right. I'm sure there are millions of families around the United States that had the same dinner conversation that we did. But that was our dinner conversation with a seventh grader and eighth grade, excuse me, sixth grade, eighth grade, twelfth grade in high school. And then every once in a while, Emily likes to pretend like she's having dinner with us. So she FaceTimed. From college. From college. We put her in her place at the kitchen table (laughs) on FaceTime and we talked about the federal worker minimum wage increase. Sounds like a riveting family conversation. Well, it was. It was. It was an economics lesson. And you know my passion for the fact that kids today have zero zero knowledge or understanding of economics and finance. And it was fun because we started talking about, so if you're one of those people, if you're one of those employees, you're excited about this. Sure. Okay, cool. What if you own the business? What if you are a contractor to the federal government? And we looked up what that meant, and we looked up who are are those big companies, not little businesses like yours and mine, but these are big behemoth companies like Boeing and Lockheed and, you know, defense contractors. So we pretend that we owned Boeing because every you know the kids knew what Boeing was. So now are we excited that the wages, you know, our expenses went up? And it was federally mandated that those expenses go up? Yeah. So, so hey, we're all shareholders here of the Boeing family business. What are we going to do? My young son, Grant, at 12 goes, we're going to let people go. Wow. We got to cut expenses. Wow. I think it was Jack. Jack then went... Well, we could raise prices, and then I think it was Emily who chimed in with, or we could sell more stuff. And I said, you know what? The Nobel Prize in economics goes to the three of you because those are the three options. Right, Those the th- and perhaps it's a combination of all three in that case. And at the end of the day, what we got to was the fact that really it was going to be passed through to the consumer. Whoever was buying the Boeing product was going to be paying more for it one way or the other. Yeah. Why do I share that story? Well, you went out to dinner. Because we went out to dinner and we didn't go to Boeing for dinner, right? There's no Boeing drive through in my town. <laughs> so Emily's home from college. We decided to go out to dinner as a family. We went to a, what I would call a nice restaurant. It wasn't fancy by any means, right? The ratio of TVs to people was almost one-to-one. Ah. So to me, that's an indicator or an indicator, as our friend John would say. Sorry, Kevin. It's an indicator of the fanciness of the restaurant. The less right. TVs, the fancier the restaurant. Big, splashy, fancy bar, lots of TVs, you know, comfort food kind of menu. I could not believe the bill when I saw it. Well, you guys must have had a lot of booze. Kids were probably drinking. Beth had two glasses of wine. I had iced tea. Everybody else had a soda. We did have a number of appetizers. That was enough for dinner. Beth had a cup of chili. Two of my kids split a sandwich with a 20% tip, it was $254. Oh, good Lord. I tried to pay the bill without wearing my glasses, but I kept squinting going, no, nah, no, that that's not that's not the, huh? Wait a second. And then how about, you know, one of the things that pisses me off lately are all of these handheld credit card chargers that automatically put the tip number up there, and all you have to do for the ease of it is press the button. Press the, right. Right, the little iPhones and iPads. Those drive me crazy. Yeah. Well, nobody has any personal finance background to be able to easily do the math to figure out a tip, so they do it for you. 
Well, they do it for you, and then the person's standing there, so it feels really uncomfortable if it wasn't 18 or 20% service to go, I'm going to put a custom tip on here that's going to be less than what you're hoping for. Look at you feeling overwhelmed about what other people think of you. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> so by the time you put the 20% tip on, because he was an excellent server, I'll give him that, and he deserved to be paid for that, and I know how hard servers have been impacted with all this, so I want to pay the man. But good golly, Miss Molly, $254 buys us a lot. Oh, oh, I get to say one of my favorite things. Go ahead. We could have gone food shopping at Costco's and gotten a lot for our money for $254. Yes, but this was one meal. So you put that with the overwhelm, with the meh of going. It's like we'd rather be home. home. Well, it adds to the overwhelm. I mean, inflation, this concept that, we're hearing in the How news. How about $5 gasoline? Sure. That Well, they're projecting that. We have $4.95 gasoline in Northern California. Oh, wow. I guess I'm grateful to still live in upstate California where it's four thirty nine. dollars $4.95. Wow. Down by you in the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. I've Whoa. seen a bunch at $4.85, $4.75. So that's got to create some more overwhelm. This whole fear that is coming in the media right now about what inflation? Is this temporary? Is this something systemic that's going to be here for a while, it's creating all of this overwhelm on top of graduation season. Have you looked at a uh, airline ticket recently? Uh, uh, I have. We just booked airline tickets to oh. do the family trip in December. You know, Mom and Dad, we do the family get-together because yes. it's really important for the Grishman family to go be in a beautiful place together, away from life, away from the day-to-day stuff in life. And I'll tell you, just trying to book travel from Sacramento, California to San Juan, Puerto Rico— was an incredibly overwhelming process. Trying to find the flights, trying to find the prices for flights. Again, all unbelievably first world privilege problems that I feel like I have to apologize for. But I have this feeling of overwhelm trying to book this. Yes, I'm How grateful. How much more expensive was it than you remember? Four tickets, basic economy. So you're in with the cattle and back by where they throw out the peanuts. Our seats are right next to the bathroom yeah. in the back of the plane. Sure. Well, that, but that's con- is there a convenience fee for that? See, Amy and the boys don't know that yet, and hopefully they're not going to listen to this Shh. episode to find out where we're sitting on the plane. Yeah, don't listen. Yeah. $5,100 for four people to fly to Puerto Rico. That ticket used to cost 350 to 400 bucks a person. I'm trying to book a couple of trips to Syracuse. Yep. And I'm looking at 905. Wow. Coach, civilized times, no red eyes. That's normally a 450 to 550 ticket, and it's 905. Oh, by the way, I'm doing it a month from now. I'm not doing it next Tuesday. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, inflation is real. All right, good. You're adding to my overwhelm right now. Excellent. I'm good at that. Yeah. So, what do we do about it? I mean, and there's another part of this problem. Here, here I am whining about the fact that I'm overwhelmed at the price and this whole going to Puerto Rico trip. The fact that you and I can afford to do this, first of all, is a testament to our journey of financial sobriety. We have put ourselves in positions because of the work that we've done where our money is in alignment with the things that matter most to us. And right now, if I'm going to spend money or my parents God bless them. I'm very grateful to them, are going to spend money. It's going to be doing the things that mean the most to our family. I think in the context of financial sobriety, the clarity compass, saying no, 10, 10, 10, principles that we've talked about, 
that you, you just go back to basics. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do is just go back to basics and prioritize and reprioritize where we want to be spending our two most precious resources, our time and our money. Okay, but— And if it's out of alignment— Yeah. Okay, but what? Well, no, no, finish that, and then yeah. I'll— Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to listen to you and not think of my question. If it's, if it's out of alignment with—and sometimes it is, right? So maybe this, maybe it's not out of alignment per se, but we've been challenging our daughter Grace to share with us what she would like to do to celebrate her graduation— this has not been a recent conversation. This has been going on for quite some time. Okay. Months. And Sunday night, the dramatic reveal, she'd like to have a graduation party. Sweet. Can I come? 12 days in advance. You're on wow. the list. Thank you. God bless her. Love her to death. As any qualified pediatrician would tell you that a teenager does not have executive function until they're 25 years old, she's kind of missing the fact that the planning committee, the execution committee, the cleanup committee, the finance committee, and all the com- the invitation committee for this party is mom and dad. Well, and you freaking hate parties. You hate parties. They're not my thing anymore. No. So we don't really feel as though we can say no to that one. Hmm. Because of the year that, not really a year, the year and a half that she's had with ha- half of her high school experience being kind of a want want. We kind of want to blow it out a little bit. So now we're going off script and spending a good amount of money that we really weren't planning for. Now something else has got to give, right? Something else has got to give in the context of financial sobriety. So as you and I like to say, we are perfectly imperfect with our execution on this stuff. But going back to basics is really what I know. I mean, Whenever I have felt overwhelmed, whether it's been a work challenge, whether it's been a personal challenge, is I try to just strip it back to what's in my sandbox that I can control. I can control my exercise, my meditation, my hydration, my nutrition, my sleep, my gratitude, my behavior, my conduct. Yeah, the rest is out of my control. All right. So before we get into some of those solutions on how we deal with overwhelm. Help me with something because we probably could talk for days just on the solutions and how in the context of financial sobriety, you and I are going back to basics, right? Help me with something. I am feeling a tremendous amount of guilt and shame over feeling overwhelmed because from the outside looking in, if you're looking at my family from the outside, we've got it pretty good. Looking at your family from the outside in, oh yeah, you've got it pretty good. Oh, absolutely, I I am very blessed. So I <laughs> thank you, Melissa, for that one. I am feeling this unbelievable, and and this is adding to my sense of overwhelm. Is that I'm not allowed to feel this way? So where's that coming from? I don't know. Oh come on, judgment. I don't want to be judged. It's the megalomedia. Oh, the megalomedia is making me feel that way. Yeah, you're not allowed to be that way. You're not allowed to feel that way. There's so many people that are truly suffering, which is true. Yes. And because we are bombarded with so many messages of that today, more so than we ever were. So here you go. Our little guy, who's not so little anymore, has the CNN app on his phone. Oh, boy. And he deals with a little bit of anxiety. And I said, buddy, I don't think you need that on your phone. Well, why, Dad? I like, I like to know what's going on in the world. I said, I, 
applaud you more than you'll ever know on that sense of wanting to be aware. But you don't need to know about mudslides in Malaysia. You don't need to know about the drought in Africa, the polar ice cap melting as, con- a, as a 12-year-old. The conflict in the Middle East. The conflict in the Middle East, which is, yeah. I mean, just we could keep going for— Sure. As a 12-year-old, he doesn't need to know that That's just stuff. not necessary. You know, it's challenging enough as an adult, but— It's a distraction from him being a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, let's just be 12 while we're 12. Yeah. So part of it is the bombardment of—I mean, have you had seepage? Have you allowed your internet totally to get back in the way of news and social and all of that? Yes. Ah. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm not watching the news on TV as much, but on on this Gizmatch, yeah, I'm looking at the news and bye bye. Yeah, and I got to shut that off again. Gots to go. Yeah. That's the. I mean that that's the crazy part of this whole journey of financial sobriety, and we've talked about it before. Is this constant perpetual relapse that happens in in some facet of it, right? I feel like I'm in the midst of another like emotional relapse where I'm getting up in my head a lot. I'm feeling a sense of overwhelm. I'm feeling all sorts of guilt and shame over that because my outsides don't match my insides. And just being here and talking this through with you is very, I mean, it's therapeutic in a way in that it's reminding me what the basics are and it's reminding me of what I need to do when I get in this place where I'm all up in my head because there's tools we have. And even though this is something that we've created, this process of financial sobriety, it works in real time. I mean, this constant adjustment and fixing and going back to the basics. We've spent a lot of time talking about overwhelm today and all the things that are overwhelming us from family and money and finance and inflation and and schedules and all this stuff. Boy, I can't wait till we get into the solution and get back to the basics. Thanks for being so helpful today because I needed to get this out. I'm just, I'm all over the place and I really needed this time with you today. You're welcome. So where do we go from here? What's next? What's what's coming up? The next episode is all about the solutions. How do we deal with all of these things that are outside of our control, creating overwhelm inside of us? What are the tools along this journey of financial sobriety that gets us back to the basics so that we can relieve ourselves a little bit from all the overwhelm that's bombarding us with this grand reopening of America? That's coming up next episode. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. 
To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. 